0: By way of introduction, we're just going to kind of walk through what we've been through so far this summer. Um, we've been considering a man that's been described in these Beatitudes. Um, Christ is talking and he's describing what, what should be characteristics of our lives if we call and claim to be believers. Um, so I'll give you a second to get those handouts and then we'll press on here. I left some blanks on those sheets, so as, as I'm talking, you guys are welcome to write. If you have a pen, if not, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, we'll begin. And Blessed are the poor in spirit. This is Christ is describing a man who lacks any self-sufficiency. He doesn't see himself as anything but, but his poorly state. He mourns over his sin and the spiritual state of himself and the state of others. This man is meek. He doesn't esteem himself highly. But trusts God and lifts His name. Um, a man who hungers and thirsts for righteousness—he has no righteousness of his own, so he seeks the righteousness of God. And I'll pause here and I'll say this: these, all these things, are characteristics of believers. And so, like I was saying, these should characterize your life if you're a believer. So, so test these things as we go through and look at them. Um, and also, this man is not looking for sympathy. He sees himself poor. He sees—he mourns over his sin and he. He's meek and he thirsts for righteousness. He's not looking for someone to be sympathetic of him, but he, instead he just has an accurate view of himself. He, he knows how lowly and poor he is. Um, he's a man of mercy. Having been shown much mercy, he shows mercy to others. This man is pure in heart. He's separated from the world and beholds the glory of God. And he's a peacemaker. And in order to define what a peacemaker is, we must first understand the word peace and where that comes from. Um, and in the world we get this, de- like this, this definition of peace as we, we think of uh, stopping or withholding violence or stopping or withholding uh, um, animosity between two parties and we get peace treaties which are typically between two nations in a time of war to stop violence and that's what we see as, as a definition of peace for us is just ceasing from something we're stopping this, we're stopping this And if there is no resolution, it just ends up harboring bitterness and it's a kind of an underground thing where these people don't have any resolution and they don't have any solution to what their their conflict is, but they just agree not to fight. Um, And what peace is, is a result of righteousness. We see in Psalm 85, Steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness, and righteousness and peace kiss each other. Isaiah thirty-two seventeen says, and the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of peace, and the result of righteousness, right quietness and trust forever. James three seventeen and eighteen, but wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we see that there's no way of divorcing righteousness from peace. We can't take unrighteousness and try to result in godly peace because there's no way of doing that. Um, and that is why a man must first mourn over his sin in, in verse, um, what is it, verse 3 there, or 4, I'm sorry, verse 4. It says, blessed are those who mourn. We must first mourn over our sin before we can hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, and your, your next bullet, this next bullet on the page, uh, it says, wait at a cost on your notes there. And what do I mean by this? weight at a cost. Our sins our, our peace is weighed at a cost. And it means that this sorrow, this this the sorrow that we see in verse four, blessed those who mourn, um, is the initial, and it results in a time of, of peace and righteousness. Um, and I'd like to turn to Matthew ten thirty four if we could, real quick. Should be in Matthew already, and so just turn over to the right a little bit. And this is seemingly a contradiction for what we have in verse, in verse 9. It says in, in 10.34, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. So how can Christ say this if He claims, Blessed are the peacemakers. And He says, Well, I, I came to bring a sword. Um, the reason that Christ says this is because of what we just described and what we just thought of um, Christ knew that opposition would result from his acts and his call to uh, to believers and to unbelievers. He knew that he knew that our our flesh will re, won't like truth and peace, and that we can't see peace without without knowing him first. And so, um, we see this is this is no mystery. Even in in verse five, when Christ says, or in, in Matthew five, I'm sorry. Um, Matthew 5, 10 through 12, kind of further going, building off that point. Um, blessed are those who are persecuted. And he, he keeps talking about, you're going to be persecuted for your faith. You're going to, you can expect that. And it's right after being, blessed are the peacemakers. There's no, there's a reason why he put that right after that and said that right after that. It's because we we're supposed to, we we're called to make peace, but that comes at a price of calling people to look at their sin. Um, I like what John MacArthur has to say about this. I put this quote on your page. Regardless of what the circumstances might be, where there is conflict, it is because of sin. Peacemaking cannot come by circumventing sin, because sin is the source of every conflict. In this quote, we kind of get cleared up on the the fact that sin is is a cause of opposition in our lives. Um, And the way that we see... um, Peace demonstrated in the Bible. How can we be, become peacemakers? What does that mean? It's through Christ on the cross. Um, we can turn over to Colossians 1. past right? Philippians. Colossians 1.19 For him, in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So we see this, Christ making peace through, his, through the cross. And what does that mean? And it's, it's describing Christ and it's saying that He brought peace through the cross and that makes Him the ultimate peacemaker. It was by His act on the cross that peace comes to man. Um, I have an example of this. Uh, and it's Don Richardson's book, Don Richardson's book, Called Peace Child, and I'll just read a little excerpt here from, from this to you guys to kind of describe this better. Um, Don Richardson tells this this story of a long struggle to bring the gospel to the cannibalistic, headhunting Salwi tribe of, Iran, Iranian Irin, Jawa, Jawa, Indonesia. I'm sorry. Try as he would, he could not find a way to make the people understand the gospel message especially the, of, the significance of Christ's atoning death on the cross. Sawi villages were constantly fighting among themselves, and because treachery, revenge, and murder were highly honored, there seemed no hope for, the, for, for peace of peace. The tribe, however, had a legendary custom that if one village gave a baby boy to another village, peace would prevail between the two villages as long as the child lived. The baby was called a peace child. The missionary seized on that story as an analogy of the reconciling work of Christ. Christ he said, is God's divine peace child, that he has offered a man that he has offered to man, and because Christ lives eternally, his peace will never end. That analogy was the key that unlocked the gospel for the Salvis, and so through this picture through this illustration of this tribe, we see that. Christ came to die to bring peace to us from god, and uh if we look back and we think back to the christ uh, the cross it wasn 't a peaceful event. Um, man tried so hard to to make that not a peaceful event we We crucified him, we put him on a cross, and christ and God prevailed in peace to bring peace to us um, and so uh, We'll come back to the verse in Matthew 5.9, Blessed are the peacemakers. And so we know that Christ is a peacemaker. And in 5, nine He calls us to be a peacemaker as also. And so uh, what does that mean for us? Um, we're not called to go and die on a cross for people's sins. But we are called to be messengers of peace. Um, and it is because of this message of peace that we, that we shall be called sons of God. Does anyone know the the term or what it means to be, to, if someone says, uh, he is his father's son? You guys can answer that. Have you ever heard that or know what that means? If someone says, oh, he's his father's son. Matt, Danny's got it, yeah. Can you say it a little louder? He's just like his father. He's just like his father. yeah. Um, he partakes in what his father does. And so uh, this last couple of weeks ago, uh, I was with... Sarah, over in Coeur d'Alene, we got to go and she got to meet my family. And uh, we were driving back and I was talking to her and I said, uh, we were just talking about my family and she said, you are so like your dad. And I kind of go, what do you mean by that? And she goes, uh, well, do you know like when your dad gets a little confused and he kind of like makes that face? And I'm like, sure, yeah. And she's like, well, you just did that. (laughs) So... uh, I guess I am. And, uh, and so that son of God is like me being the son of my dad. I take after what my dad does. And there's so many other things that I began to see as Sarah pointed them out to me. Uh, all these things that I take after my dad. but uh, So a son of God means the same thing. We partake in his nature and his characteristics. A couple of verses uh, I'll give you guys and you can write them down. We won't go to any of them. But it talks about God being the God of peace romans fifteen thirty three leviticus two twenty six six first kings two thirty three psalms twenty psalm twenty nine eleven isaiah nine six ezekiel thirty four twenty five first corinthians fourteen thirty three second thessalonians three sixteen like i was saying all these verses describe god as the god of peace and so if we claim to be sons of god we should be children of peace and we should bring peace and move in peace. And so, um, yeah, I guess just a call to apply what we've learned tonight. Um, I hope you guys have a clear understanding of what it means to be a peacemaker. Um, We begin and we know that there's no peace with God unless we have come into the light and we've become righteous in His sight. And a peacemaker will move and work to bring others to the Lord. So, uh, Let's close in prayer. Yeah. Dear Father, I just pray for uh, clarity tonight, Lord. I know I don't do justice to Your Word, Father. Pray that Your Word would have gone out, Lord, and that in clarity, Father, that the people out here would uh, have un- understood what what has been said, God, and that they'd be spurred on to uh, to be peacemakers, Lord, to call others to, to peace with God as well, Father. We praise You for just the opportunity this summer to look into Your Word and see uh, what it means to be a man or a woman of God, Lord. And we just pray that we'd grow in all of these things as we learn. Um, thank You, Father, for the opportunity to teach tonight, God. In Your name we pray. Amen.